Bibles, could you please turn to or scroll to 1 John chapter 4? 1 John chapter 4. If you're wondering where 1 John is, it's in your New Testament, second half of your Bible, near the end of your Bible. 1 John chapter 4, we're going to be starting at verse 7 this morning. Before we read this out loud in a big, loud voice, we're going to be looking today at a continuation of a series that we are doing here at Thrive called the God and Me Experience Series, otherwise known as the game. Everyone say the game. It's because we really believe here at Thrive that you and I, we were made to experience God. That you weren't just made to know God from a distance. You weren't made to just know God from afar. You weren't made just to know God on a philosophical level or an academic level only. But you were made to experience God personally and up close. If you believe that, say amen. And see, this is the thing. We want to talk in this series about how do you experience more of God, more of his hope, more of his joy, more of his peace, more of his plans and purposes for your life. How do you practically go about experiencing more of God? And so over these past several weeks, I've been sharing with you some secrets or tips that I try to practice to grow in my relationship with God, to experience more of him. A lot of people here have been getting great feedback from about how helpful these things have been. Has this series been helpful for you this past several weeks? Has it? Yeah? Amen? Amen? It's been a lot of fun going through the series together, and today is no exception. Today, I've got a very powerful message to share with all of you, and we're doing it in a very, very special way. See, today, the message I'm here to share with you is called Experiencing God with Friends. Experiencing God with Friends. See, we really believe that God made you not just to experience Him individually, but God made you to experience Him with others. And what does it look like to experience God with others? What does it look like to have a friendship where you experience God with that friend together? How do you start those kind of friendships? How do you find those kind of friendships? How do you grow and develop those kind of friendships? And how do you maintain those kind of friendships over a long period of time? Why don't you read with me 1 John chapter 4, 7 to 12. I believe that here at Thrive Church, we're not a church of spectators, but we're a church of participants. If you're a participant, say, I am. Okay, and so we're going to read this out loud together in a big, loud voice as participants in this place. Read it with me. One, two, three. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. And stop right there. See, verse 10 says, read it with me one more time. What does it say? It says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. What is this verse saying? It's saying that long before you ever thought about God, God was thinking about you. And long before you ever tried to reach for God, God was reaching for you. And he did so by sending Jesus Christ, his son, to die on the cross for our sins. And when we had no way to reach God on our own, when our sins separated us from God, God sent his son, Jesus Christ. He said, I don't want to be apart from these people. I love these people. I want them to experience me and experience what it's like to have a relationship with me. And so I'm going to send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for their sins so that they can be forgiven and be reconciled to me so that I can have a relationship with them and they with me and that we can experience life together. If you believe it, say amen. Do you have Jesus in your life? 
Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Whether you've been to church before, it is the most awesome thing to have a relationship with Jesus. And today, if you don't have that, we want to give you an opportunity to find out more about that and even receive Jesus into your life. But how many of us know that experiencing God, while it begins by knowing Jesus, while it begins with a relationship with Jesus, it doesn't end just there. See, when you want to experience more of God, it's not just a vertical relationship that God gives you between you and him, but he actually made you to experience God with others. Look at verse 11. What does it say? It says, read it with me, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Keep on going. It says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. If you have your Bibles in front of you, I want you to underline one word. Get ready for it, okay? Underline it. Use a pen. You know, highlight it in your phone. I want you to underline the word complete. Underline the word complete. Everyone say complete. See, what is it saying? It's saying this, is that we begin to experience God through a relationship with Jesus Christ, that vertical relationship with God, but it doesn't end there. Is that if we want to have a complete experience of God's love, if you want to see God's love made complete in your life, it's about learning to experience God with other people and learning to love them. If you believe that, say amen. In fact, you can write this down, take some good notes today. You can write this and say, your experience of God is not complete until you've learned to experience God with others. Until you've learned to love others, until you've learned to be in community with other people, you will not have a complete experience of who God is. It's because God made you not to be an island, but to be in community. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12, 20 and 21 says it this way. Read it with me. One, two, three. It says, as it is, there are many parts. Church, are you guys over? Are you, are you guys awake? You guys here? Okay, here we go. One, two, three. It says, as it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In other words, we were made to need each other in the church, which is called the body of Christ, is that there's one body with many parts. Each one of us is a part of it, and we all need each other. Tell the person, give them a high five and say, we need each other. We need each other. And we see that modeled over and over again in the Bible, how God places people together so they can experience him together. you got, for example, David and Jonathan, one of the best examples of friendship in the Bible. Two men who loved God and who also loved one another and experienced God together. You've got Daniel and his three friends. Do you know their names? Their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these four were very, very tight friends, and they experienced God together. You've got Ruth, who had her mother-in-law, who's also her very close friend called Naomi, and together they experienced God together. You go to the New Testament, who do you find? You find none other than Jesus Christ, who had 12 disciples, and within those 12 disciples, he had three that he was especially close to. And then you keep on going on. You read about Paul, how Paul wasn't a lone ranger by himself, but he was always accompanied by others. He had Silas. He had Timothy. He had Barnabas. All these great friends of his where they would experience God together, serving God together. And you've got people like Peter, James, and John who were also tight together, experiencing God together. What does that show you? Is that God made you to experience God with others. He didn't make you to be on your own, and he never made your relationship with God to be just this very individualistic, very private, personal thing, and there's all, that's all there is to it. But God made you for a horizontal aspect where you experience God with other people too. If you believe that, say amen. In fact, look at Proverbs 27, 17 with me. One, two, three, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, deep down, I believe all of us long for meaningful relationships. 
I think some of us, that's the reason why we come to church, is that we're, we're longing for something deeper. And it's true that you know, the Bible says God put a, a, a God-sized hole in your heart, that God planted eternity in your heart, and until you experience God in your life, you will never be satisfied. You will never be happy because it's a God-sized hole, and only God can fill it. And one of the ways that God fills that hole is through other people. How do you develop friendships where you experience more of God together? You know, what separates a friendship where you experience God together from a friendship where maybe you go to church together, maybe you, you know, you, you see each other at church, but you don't really experience much of God together. Maybe, you know, in fact, if you had to be very quite honest with yourself, maybe it's not that edifying of a relationship. Maybe when you get together, you, you don't say the most positive things. What separates a friendship where you experience God together from one where you don't? We're going to talk about that today, and we're going to do it in a very, very unique way that's going to be a lot of fun. I think you're really going to enjoy it. See, here's the thing. Over my lifetime, I've had some wonderful friends that God has placed in my life who've helped me to experience God. And, you know, it includes, of course, uh, Charlene, my wife, Pastor Char, and my son Bradley. Those two are my best friends. In fact, in fact, in my home, we've got a plaque that says, in our home, we are best friends and we'll always be best friends. Amen? Amen? That's how we operate. That's how we roll. We're best friends in every situation, in every circumstance. But, you know, God also has placed other great friends in my life who have helped me experience, uh, have, have helped me experience more of him, including my church. Amen? Including all of you. All of you are friends of mine who helped me to experience God as well, including my small group, people that I meet with regularly who are also dear to me. But when I was thinking about what is a godly friendship and what could I show you to, to, to tell you and teach you on what a friendship that experience God together, what it looks like. I kept thinking about these three very, very special guys in my life. Three guys who are my oldest Christian friends in life. And in fact, we've been friends longer than some of you guys have been alive. We've been friends for about 25 years now. Uh, ever since we were all little, you know, teenagers, you know, we have been friends for 25 years. And I've learned more from these three friends, about what makes a great friendship where you experience God together than from almost anybody else. And, you know, I thought to myself, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I didn't just tell you about those friends and tell you about those friendships, but wouldn't it be kind of neat if those friends could join me on the stage and we could kind of, you could meet them and we could talk about our friendship together. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Yeah? I said, wouldn't that be kind of cool? That'd be, I thought that'd be kind of cool. I was really excited about it. I could hardly sleep last night just thinking about this moment. So right now, you know, we've actually had to move a little bit of heaven and earth to get to this moment because two of them uh, are leaders at other churches. And so, you know, they, they're, they're highly in demand. And so it was, an, it was almost like it was an amazing thing when they said, yeah, we can make it today. And so could you just join me right now in welcoming three very special people in my life? Their names are Alan, Chris, and Ivan. Can we give them a big, big hand in this place? Give them a big shout and welcome to the Thrive this morning. Let's do that together right now. Can we do that like 10 times louder? Chris, Alan, Ivan, let's welcome them to church this morning. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thanks. So much. We're going to do a little scene change here. Thanks so much, prep team. And uh, we're going to put out some more comfortable chairs, put out a coffee table as well. Uh, I'm, I almost feel like ordering a drink right now. That's fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else feel like a drink right now? That is great. Okay, we're going to uh, just set ourselves up this way, and I'm going to ask uh, Ivan to sit there at the end. I'm going to ask Chris to sit over here. I'm going to ask Alan to sit over here. Can you welcome Alan, Chris, and Ivan right now? Could you give them a big hand as we get up on the stage? And It's so good to have you guys here. 
Uh, I know we did this already in our 930 service, but it's awesome to do this again. And uh, it is so good to have you guys here. Uh, and uh, I, I want to just, before we go into friendships and, and what it means to experience God together, could you just maybe quickly just say your name and how old you are, just so that everyone knows who you guys are? Would that be okay? Yeah. yeah? I'm Alan, and I just turned 40 a week and a half ago. All right. All right. My name's Chris. I just turned 45 and a half weeks ago. Okay. All right. My name is <laughs> My name is Ivan and I turned 40 in October. My name is JB and I'm 28 years old. <laughs> Although my passport says that I'm almost 40 as well. In fact, all four of us we were born in 1978, uh, within about 8 months of one another. And so I think Chris was the first to turn 40, then Alan last week, and then I think it's me, and then Ivan soon after that. Uh, but we want to talk to you guys a little bit today about what makes a great friendship and what makes a friendship where you experience God together. And I think we can all say that over the course of 25 years, we have had a pretty awesome friendship. And it's caused us to grow not just together, but spiritually uh, as you know, people who are trying to grow more like Jesus every day. And uh, I thought before we talk about our friendships, I thought I would give a little story through pictures of how we all became friends. Is that okay? Yeah, do you guys want to see some photos today? Okay. All right, let, let me show you a few photos that might shock you here. Let me show you this first photo right now. Okay. This photo here was taken in February 1994. And this was at a church youth group that uh, I was at. Uh, I grew up in an ethnic Chinese church, and there was a youth group there. And if you notice, in the first row, you can actually see me. Uh, I'm the one who's kind of crouched down in the colored shirt. And beside me, if you zoom in, let's look at the next slide, you can see Alan. That's Alan. Look at Alan. Alan was a good-looking guy back then, eh? Wow, he's a hottie back then. What happened, man? What happened? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're, you're a good-looking guy. And, and, and see, here, here's the thing is, you know, back then, Alan wasn't just a good-looking guy, but he was an amazing athlete as well. Uh, every sport you could think of, he would play. He was a wrestling champion. Uh, he was an all-star hockey player, just an awesome athlete all around. I remember one time we were hiking at uh, Lighthouse Park in West Vancouver, and there was this part where there, there was like a water, uh, like, like kind of like a lake area, and then, you know, as we're getting there, we see Alan emerging out of the water without a shirt, and, and you could just see his eight-pack, and you can see his biceps, and all the girls went, ah. And all the guys were like, whoa. And I was like, man, one of two things is happening. Either this guy is on steroids, or this guy's been gifted by God, because uh, grade nines are not supposed to look that way. Uh, turns out he was definitely a gift from God. And the fact was this, is that Alan didn't grow up going to church. Um, in fact, Alan, uh, the first time he had any experience with the church was when that summer he went to a teens camp. I was at that camp too. And at that camp, it was there that he received Jesus Christ as his Savior. Realized, yeah, you know, I need a Savior. His name is Jesus. And he received Jesus into his life, prayed a prayer to receive him. And that was the beginning of Alan's relationship with God, right? Yeah. And uh, it was during that time that he started coming to church. And so I'd see him on, on Sundays and Saturday nights for youth group. And we hung out, not as super close friends, but as friends. You know, we hung out with a, a group of guys and girls. Uh, it wasn't until about a couple years later that we were paired together to lead songs at our youth group. And, uh, you know, Alan was going to be the song leader. I was going to be the keyboardist for him. And uh, do you still remember the song that we sang? Yeah. You, you wanna, do you want to hear Alan sing something right now? Yeah, would that be good? Okay, can, can, you, can, you sing, can, can you sing a bit of that song that we sang together? Go ahead. As we see your face, may we know your heart, feel your presence, acceptance, 
as we seek your Let's give Alan a big hand. Okay, all right. That was the song we led, right? And, um, and from that time forward, for some reason, we just really connected from that point. It was, like, I think, maybe the first time we had quality time together. And you know, after that, we started hanging out a lot more. We played tennis a lot together. We eat watermelon a lot together for some reason. And uh, we end up, you know, very often uh, after a tennis game or after you know eating, we we just be, hey, like, how, how's life going? You know, how can we pray for one another? And we just spend time praying for one another, and we become extremely close as a result. Give Alan a big, big hand here in this place right now. Praise God for that. In fact, let me show you a picture of Alan. This is during our youth group graduation. We took a choir boy and grabbed his uh, choir gown and we put it on Alan. And, uh, and this, is, uh, this is what it looks like. He was holding his Bible there. You want to see me at 15 years old? There was me at 15 years old. Okay. Uh, you know, I was a very young Christian at that time. Uh, and then, uh, you know, while we were getting to know each other, someone else came into my life as well. And he's in the next picture. His name is Chris. Let's give Chris a big hand here in this place right now. All right. But see, like Alan, Chris didn't grow up going to church. Uh, Chris and I, we were high school classmates. In fact, I remember in grade eight, uh, I was standing in line at the cafeteria for lunch. And then standing behind me was this guy with very thick glasses, very skinny guy. And he was like, hey, have you heard the song Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen? You know, like, I'm just a little silhouette of a man. And, and, and I was like, who is this guy? And, but then he, I thought he was kind of cool because I liked rock music as well, and we got along well. We weren't super close friends at that time. You know, we had mutual friends and stuff. It wasn't until a couple years later as well. Uh, I remember our youth group was having a, a Halloween event. It was like a games night. I invited Chris to go there. He's like, oh, sure, I'll go. And I remember uh, you know, that night, no one was dressed up for Halloween. It was just like a games night. Everyone's kind of dressed normally, and everyone's kind of sitting, getting ready to maybe sing some songs or something. And as we're about to sing a slow, meditative song, uh, Chris comes in with blood on his face, blood on his neck, a sword impaled through his skull. And he's like, is this the church meeting? And uh, he was the only one in a costume. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, fortunately, he didn't scare anyone off. And more, more, more importantly, we didn't scare him off. A couple years, or not a couple years, but a couple months later, uh, I invited him back to our Christmas service. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, a musical called Love's Pure Light, I think it was called, right? And it was there at that presentation or that service where Chris opened his heart to Jesus. And he received Jesus into his life, said, I need a savior. His name is Jesus. Uh, and it was, that was the beginning of Chris's relationship with God. And it was during that time when, because Chris didn't grow up going to church, his parents weren't that hot on him going to church at all. And so, you know, he would only show up to church from time to time when his parents allowed, which meant that on Tuesdays at lunch hour, we would spend that time together. And, you know, we would, you know, walk across the fields of our school, talking, hanging out, talking about how life is going. And, be, hey, like, like, this is what I learned in the Bible today. And, you know, both he and I were starting to read the Bible together. And, and we, we, we started to, you know, pray together, share our lives together. And we became very, very close as a result. And we thought to ourselves, you know, this is really cool. Are there others in our school who might want to benefit from this as well? And so the next year, we actually started uh, a club, which we called The Path. I think it was a name that Chris came up with. I thought it was kind of culty, but I, we, we, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a good name. It's, it's stuck. And, and, and The Path became, in fact, we've got a couple pictures here. Let me just show you really quick. Next photo there. This is Chris. Uh, Chris, like Alan, was an awesome athlete. Uh, and he played every sport you could think of. But uh, this is, for example, uh, you know, this is us running in a 5K run, knowing that Chris is the only one smiling during that, uh, in that photo, right? Uh, like me and my friend there, we're about to kind of fall apart. 
and he looks like he hasn't like like even started running. That's how good of an athlete Chris was. Let me show you the next photo here. This is a photo of the club that we started. It was called The Path, and it was a Christian club. It actually became one of the most active, well-attended, most consistent clubs in the school. We saw people come to know Jesus through that time, and it was just an amazing time where we got to express our faith in a really cool way, and I've shared some of my stories with you guys about that in the past, and you know, it was during that time that we both were growing in a relationship with God. We started serving in student council together. In fact, the next picture is us you know, helping out at some kind of student council event, and we just became extremely close friends as a result. Remember, I shared with you a few weeks ago about how I had a friend where we would say 9.30 at night from Monday to Thursday, we would just spend that time in prayer. Remember that? Remember that? That's him. That, that, Chris is right. That, that, he's the guy. Is that we, spent, we made that pact to go say at 9.30, Monday to Thursday, uh, we're just going to stop whatever we're doing and pray. And, and, and he and I, we, we had that thing going on. And as a result, uh, we somehow just experienced God together that way. You know? And uh, you know, all of us started getting along. The three of us started getting along uh, really, really well. In fact, I'll show you some more pictures here. Uh, there is Alan and me snuggling together. I don't know why we did that, but yeah, there you go. Uh, next one, this is uh, Chris and Alan doing a little bit of Street Fighter right there. Uh, here's another one. Uh, this is Chris and Alan. Both of them, in fact, all four, all three of these guys are excellent musicians. Those two, they're with the guitars. Uh, and so all three of us, in fact, next one we can show is us three becoming very, very close. And everything was going great, and then all of a sudden, this guy came along. Check this out. Ivan Ewan. Ivan came in, and he, he, he was at Richmond High. He was a Richmond Colt, like some of you guys are. And uh, he, uh, of course, same grade, same year that we were born in. And I remember I first met Alan at a church youth rally. His church was having this youth rally that invited other churches to go. We went, and Ivan was the drummer that day. Right? He, he doesn't play drums as much anymore, but he was the drummer that day. And I thought, cool, I play drums too. And then I, I, I found him, and when I found him, he was a nice guy, but there was, there was something very immature that he would do. Do you know what he would do? Can I tell you guys what he would do? Okay. Is that he had these two other friends of his, and just very, very immature. You know what they do? If one of them would pass gas, like someone would burp, or, uh, and I'll say it in church, yes, someone would fart, okay, is that one of them would inhale it, and then blow it into the next person's face. Who does that, man? Oh, man, that was juvenile. But, you know, for some reason, despite all of that immaturity, there was something extremely serious and sincere about Ivan's relationship with God. Ivan grew up in a Catholic home, but just around that time, he'd received Jesus Christ as his Savior. And uh, not only was he involved in this church, but he was also leading a club, a Christian club, at Richmond High. So we were like, hey, we got something in common as well. And so we started once a month, maybe a couple times a month, we'd call each other up and just say, hey, how are things going? How are things going to the club? How can we pray for you? All that stuff. And we became really, really good friends as well. We ended up doing some classes together at UBC. And eventually, all four of us got involved in a youth rally called Face to Face. Uh, in fact, this Friday is the 22nd anniversary of that interchurch conference, and it was one where we had all these different churches come together, all these different high schools come together, and we saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come to Jesus during that time. It was just an amazing time, and uh, during that time, I think we all started to get to know each other better and better and become really, really good friends. Here's some more pictures of Ivan uh, back in the day. This is Ivan in his famous yellow jacket, okay? Uh, next one here, this is you know, Ivan and Chris you know, getting to know each other. Here's another one here, uh, Ivan and Chris. This one Ivan's wearing a shower cap. I don't know why. 
but he's wearing it for some reason. Let's look at the next one here. Uh, this is Alan and Ivan in their PJs for some reason. Next one here. Uh, this is me and Ivan. Okay, that's, uh, that's one. And let's show another one. This is another one a, year, a few years later. This is us, probably the most normal-looking picture we have in our lifetime uh, together. Okay, next one here. Uh, we went to Australia together, the three of us. Uh, we went to the Hillsong Conference in Australia. That was an amazing time. And so this is me imitating a kangaroo. Uh, the next one here, this is Chris fighting the kangaroo. Uh, next one here, this is Chris being eaten by a dinosaur. Uh, next one here, this is uh, Ivan being intimate with a wombat. Don't know why, but uh, you know we had an amazing time. In fact, one of my favorite pictures of us three, uh, one that touches me quite a bit actually, is this next one, because uh, you know it's a fun photo, but it's also very, very much indicative of the kind of friendships that all four of us had. Is that these guys? You lift me up. It's just one of those things where I, I, I feel like uh, I stand on the shoulders of giants sometimes. Let's look at the next photo here. Uh, this is the first photo I have of the four of us together. Uh, this is probably like 1998, about 20 years ago. Amazing. Doesn't look like we've changed that much, eh? No? Oh, you're just being nice. You're just, oh, you've changed a lot. But the fact is this, is, yeah, we, in fact, I don't really know these guys. I, I just met them yesterday, and I just took a bunch of photos with them, and then just, like, I, and I'll pay you guys later. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And so, so, like, so, basically, this is our first photo together. Uh, let's look at another one. This is a few years later, uh, and, uh, you know, eventually, we went through different seasons in life where uh, some of us moved away. You know, Ivan moved to China. Uh, I moved to Taiwan. Uh, I moved uh, to Toronto. Uh, Alan moved to Edmonton, and we went through all sorts of different changes and seasons, but somehow still found a way to keep connected and stay friends during that time. Let me show you another one here. Uh, this one's very special. This is when Alan got married, okay? And uh, Ivan, by that time, was in China. Uh, otherwise, he would be in that picture as well, but that's me and Chris as uh, Alan's groomsmen. Let's look at the next one. Uh, here is uh, Chris uh, and his lovely, at that time, fiance, Sandra. They've now been married for 15 years now. And on that day, Chris asked us all to uh, take our guitars and to serenade them as part of the engagement process. And that was really, really cool. Uh, next one here. This is when Pastor Charlene and I got married. Okay. Doesn't, look, does, doesn't Pastor Charlene look great in that? Uh, and then you've got uh, Chris in the back there, Alan beside him. And then, I don't know if you noticed, but right beside Pastor Char is Jessica, our CFO at Thrive. And so she was there as well. And that was our wedding day. And then finally, a few years later, for some reason, uh, uh, Ivan uh, was the last of us to get married, but God saved the best for last. And, and here he is. He's got, uh, you know, Francis, his lovely wife there with Alan and Chris. And this happened in Shanghai. I wasn't able to make it for that. Otherwise, I might be in that photo as well. But you'll notice that when we all four got married, we all, two things in common. Number one is that we all married girls that love Jesus, which was a huge blessing. Amen. Uh, number two is that we were all stood in each other's weddings. We we're all either best men and groomsmen in each other's weddings. Uh, and so since that time, you know, we, we've had, I think, between the four of us, 10 kids, I think. About 10 right now, 10 kids. Uh, this is a very fruitful bunch right here, praise God. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and since that time, we just continued. Though life gets busy and life gets hard, we still make it a point to meet with one another. In fact, the next photo here, uh, uh, this is, you know, uh, I think one time when I couldn't make it and they uh, were really, uh, I guess, uh, missing me. So they sent me that as a photo. And then next one here, this was last week when Alan celebrated his 40th birthday, went to a jazz club in downtown. Uh, and in fact, the, la the last picture I have of us all four together was just last week. And it's this photo right here. Uh, this is the four of us. In fact, maybe we'll just show the last, the very first, just go to the next one here. Th that's just kind of a before and after, right? Okay, there you go. Okay. Can we give God a big hand for 25 years of friendship? Isn't that really cool? <laughs> Praise God. All right, well, that's my take on the story of Alan, Chris, Ivan, and James. I know, do you guys have anything to add to that, or did I say that pretty accurately? Is that, is that all good? Yeah? 
Yeah, pretty good. Okay. Okay. Phew. Okay. Great. All right. For, good. I didn't miss anything. But you know, I'm so thrilled that you guys are here. In fact, uh, like I mentioned before, Alan and Chris, they are leaders at their other churches, and so we want to especially thank Coastal Church as well as City Lights Church for letting us borrow their uh, muscular arms to be here today. Uh, we're really grateful to them. And uh, the thing we want to talk about today is what makes a great friendship, and in particular, what makes a friendship where you experience God with one another. And, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, when you look back at these past 25 years, what do you think caused us to become great friends at the get-go? I, I think the f one of the common themes that we had was that we all kind of were interested in music. Yeah. And so I think the first time I met uh, the two of you, um, Alan was playing on the drums, or either of you were playing on the drums at, um, at a youth group. Yeah. yeah, so music was a part of that. That was definitely something that we had in common. Anything else? Um, I think a common passion for God. Yeah. I think the centrality of Christ in our lives was, was I think, really core to our relationships. Yeah, for sure. Relationship with God was, was a big one. I don't think we would have this if there wasn't for that, for sure. Anything else? In the Bible, it says you should put others ahead of yourselves, and that's sort of like our relationship. Um, we've, we always think highly of one another. That's sort of how we, we have this mutual respect for one another. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, no, we were, it's not like a... We didn't pity someone just to be their friend kind of yeah, thing. Right. But we looked highly upon each one has different gifts, and we just thought of them as better, better than ourselves and something and something that we can learn from our friend. Amen. And so not something that we can take necessarily but or, or get from them, but something that they can help us be a better person. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, that, that's, so, that's so true. In fact, this is one of the uh, lessons that you can feel free to write down, church, as we talk about friendship today, which is this, is that when it comes to having great friendships, you need to start with good raw material. Amen? And by good raw material, I mean it's the character of the people in that friendship. Is that at the end of the day, the foundation of your friendship is not your chemistry, it's your character. And, it's, and that's part of it is how compatible you guys are, but at the end of the day, it's about character. And I can say this is that, um, you know, uh, I, I like cooking steaks at home. I'm not a great cook, but I like to cook steaks. And what I find is this, is that the quality of the raw material you use makes a difference. Amen? Is that if you, you know, get really good meat, really good raw material, you don't have to do too much to it to make it taste good. You don't have to, you know, put a lot of seasoning on it. You don't have to tenderize it a lot. You don't have to do too much to it, and it will taste really good on its own because it's good raw material. On the other hand, if you have bad raw material, then you can dress it up as much as you want. You can spend all this time and effort and be so intentional about making it good, and it still won't taste nearly as good because you started with bad raw material. Does that make sense? And the very same way friendships work that way as well is that it matters the kind of raw material you start with. And when it comes to these guys, I'm really blessed that these guys were amazing, great raw material, where each of these guys, when I think of the guys that I think are, you know, the most humble guys that I know, the most, uh, you know, you know, you know, faithful or trustworthy guys that I know, uh, you know, like the most talented guys I know, and yet, you know, very gentle and humble uh, in that way, is that these guys are right at the top of that list because uh, they are just awesome guys, uh, outstanding guys, and it's an honor to kind of spend time anytime time get to spend time with them. If you guys believe that, say amen. And so turn, turn, turn your neighbor, give him a hand and say, your raw material makes a difference. Amen. Your raw material makes a difference. And, but it's not just raw material, though. See, it's not just about your character. It's not just about how compatible you are. But as I've been thinking a lot, because I'm doing a lot of reflecting on our friendship this past week and what makes a great friendship, and I realized something, which is that the best friendships that I've ever seen, including these friendships that are here represented on the stage, all tend to have four common traits. 
And you can write this down. These are four elements to a great friendship where you experience God together. Why don't you write this down? Number one is this, is that in great godly friendships, friends ask each other how they're doing, and they listen to one another. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, a lot of friendships never go very deep and remain at a superficial level because it's all just about hanging out. It's all about having a common interest. Oh, yeah, did you see the anime thing? Or did you see that movie? Or did, did you play that sport? You want to go play sports? And, and, and because they never really get deep, they never really ask each other how they're doing, the, the relationship never grows. And in fact, 1 Peter 1.22 says it this way. Read it with me in a loud voice. 1, 2, 3, it says, You must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Everyone say, with all my heart. See, here's the thing. You cannot love another person deeply without asking them how they're doing. You can't love a person deeply without listening to what's going on in their life. And I think that's one thing that I think was something for some reason that we really tried to do with one another, is just to listen to one another, to ask each other how things are going. And uh, that's the first ingredient to great godly friendship. Number two, number two is this, is in great godly friendships, friends pray together often. Everyone say prayer. And they don't just pray before a meal, God, thank you for the food, but they pray as a way to support one another. They pray as a way to encourage one another. They pray as a way to connect with God and to experience God together. I know that for myself and these three guys here is that prayer has always been a big part of our friendship, right? Is that, you know, in any conversation, it's not uncommon for us to end off by saying, hey, let's pray for one another. Let's, let, let's end this call with a prayer. Let's, let's end this time with a prayer. And that's just something that we just often did. And as a result, we drew close to one another and we drew close to God together. And that's a tip for those of you here who are friendships that are not going anywhere right now is that if you find that you've hit a wall when it comes to that friendship, then one of the things you can consider doing is to initiate prayer with that person. Say, hey, how can I pray for you? Is there any way that you need prayer? Any way I can remember you in prayer? Can we pray together right now? I would love for Thrive Church to be a church that is known for people who love to pray with others. Where people are known here at Thrive as a place where we initiate prayer with other people because in great godly friendships, friends pray together often. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Number three, in great godly friendships, friends prioritize meeting together. They don't take each other for granted. They say, you know what, because you matter to me, I'm going to go out of my way to spend time together. I'm not going to take your time for granted. I'm, I'm not going to be, oh, I'll see you when I see you. But I'm going to make it a priority for us to meet together. Look at Hebrews 10, 25 together. Read it with me in a loud voice. One, two, three, it says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Number four. There's a fourth element that I see to great friendships, which is this. In great godly friendships, friends encourage one another and point each other to Jesus. They don't just meet each other intentionally. They don't just pray with one another. They don't just say, hey, how's it going? But they actually go that next step of saying, hey, like they'd say something or through their actions, encourage one another and point each other to Jesus. Let's all look at 1 Samuel 23, 15 to 16 together. Could you read it all, church, in a loud voice? One, two, three, it says, while David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. Keep on going. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. David and Jonathan were the best of friends. And when David was going through a really tough time, Jonathan goes out of his way to meet David, to encourage David, to ask him how he's doing, and to point him to God. Do you notice that? In fact, you know, Jonathan was probably at Gilgal. David was at Horash. That's about a 30-mile run. 
He went 30 miles just to find his friend. And it's just about saying that if you want great godly friendships where you experience one another and you experience God together, it's about encouraging one another and pointing each other to Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. Is this helpful in this place today? Yeah, are you learning something this morning? Talking about friendship today. Well, speaking of experiencing God together, I'm going to ask you know, my three guys here, like, can you think of some specific instances uh, where one or two or three of us helped you to experience more of God, where we encouraged you and helped you uh, and pointed you to Jesus? Can you think of anything? Yeah, you're, you're nodding your head, Ivan. Um, yeah, I guess I, I, when I got baptized, um, I had the whole crew from the face-to-face rally uh, come and, and support me uh, during that baptism. And um, one of my earliest recollections of, um, of JB was that he had brought a giant ghetto blaster, okay? So for many of you who are under 25, um, may have never seen a double cassette deck, okay? And so th- this is a deck which two cassettes, one gets recorded onto the other, right? And this is ca- this cassette deck, um, I, and I, I, if I remember, he either had to plug it in, which meant he had to like run off and find an outlet, right? Or it had a lot of batteries, and this is like a, a really big device. But th- the purpose of what JB was doing um, uh, during my baptism was putting together a mixtape for me, a, a mix of songs that he felt that was he wanted to share with me, and uh, songs, worship songs that he felt like uh, that would bless me. And so that was something that was that was um, I mean really blessed me. And I think with our friendships with the four of us, um, including um, Alan and Chris. It's, it's like the little details that um, th- they go to, to uh, I guess, uh, go the extra mile to love one another, but also the extra details that we I glean from as a, as a young, immature uh, person growing up, right? Um, and I get to learn from them. And that's, that is like my privilege to be able to go and, and, and be blessed and say, hey, that's something that I learned from JB. I want to do that, and I want to take that as, as, as mine. So I think that, that to me is one of those iron sharpened iron um, moments. That's really cool. That's really cool. Praise God. Give God a big hand for that. That's cool. Chris, Alan, anything? Uh, for me, just, um, JB shared about it um, a little bit earlier. We first met uh, at church, and one of our first times together was leading worship together. And I didn't, I think I grew up sort of know I had a musical side, but I didn't know I had a talent in it or a passion for it until I started going to church and like just worshiping and learning yeah. to play music together yeah. and learning, yeah, I'm just, um, just I think JB, my relationship with him uh, has been instrumental in discovering that uh, passion that I have for music. Um, that started off, if you know me, I, I love music, and so um, that started me off in terms of um, helping, learning how to worship God, yeah. um, pointing, helping me point away how, how do you worship God, how do you sing praises to God, and do it in a way that, um, that God made you to do. God made me to be like a musician, yeah. and so He helped me to become and discover my gifts, which I didn't know I had before. That's pretty cool. Give God a big hand for that as well. Praise God. <laughs> I'm feeling so good about myself right now. What are we talking about? Chris, anything? Yeah. Um, uh, JB uh, led me to Christ. He uh, because I wasn't allowed to go to church as a teenager. Um, he spent so much time just uh, helping me um, to, to to grow in my new faith in God. Um, teaching me a lot of practices, like how to pray, how to read your Bible, um, how to speak and share your faith. Um, I'm greatly indebted. He, he took so much time um, to disciple me in Christ. Um, Alan, uh, such a generous, tender, and strong uh, individual. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how much 
uh, music-related uh, ventures, uh, we've, 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 things that we've done together. The first time I went to actually buy my first guitar, he, he was with me, he researched everything with me, and he went out, it was a huge purchase, and um, I have acquired much gear through this, the, the good advice of this enabler, actually. Ba back We're in then, recovery. That was, before, that was before Google. Yes, right. that was before way Google. before Google. Um, Ivan, after high school, um, it was when we really started to, to, to get to know each other, um, and Ivan walked me through probably some of my the, the darkest years of, of my life in terms of my healing journey in, in Christ, and I'm so grateful for, for, these, for these three. Praise God. Give God a big hand for that as well. Praise God. Before the service, I said, hey, pick one story. I didn't expect that you guys would pick one about me, each one. So let me, let me share a story about the, the, some of you guys as well. Like, for example, for Chris, I remember that we were serving in student council, grade 12. It was the first weekend of grade 12. We were all really excited. We had a grad barbecue that we were hosting and uh, invited different schools to be a part of it. And I remember on that day, something happened that we didn't expect, is that uh, three guys in our grade were caught drinking on campus. And that was a very serious violation of school policy. I remember, you know, as uh, kind of like, student council members uh, leading the student council. I remember there's one chaperoning teacher, uh, I still remember his name, Mr. Lures, I think it was it. Mr. Lures, and he, uh, he was so upset with us. And he was like, you know what, you have no idea how much trouble you guys are in. You have no idea what kind of repercussions there are gonna be as a result of this. And I remember both of us were kind of scared. And I remember we walked into my car and all we could do was just pray and just kind of just give this burden to God. We didn't know what was going to happen, uh, but we just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. I remember I was driving because we had to go to another event that night. I was driving and we we're just singing a song together like, I cast all my cares upon you. And, uh, and just kind of laying our burdens down to God. And I just remember that during that time, like Chris's presence that night, his prayers that night brought me so much comfort in that stressful time. I didn't know what I would have done if Chris wasn't there on that night. And throughout the years of high school until now, just knowing that Chris has always been there, seeing his smiling face, always going, awesome, you know, and they're always supportive of me, always believing in me. Words can't describe just how big of an encouragement he has been to me all of my life. Give Chris a big, big hand here in this place right now. Can you do that right now? Um, with Ivan, kind of similar about mixed tapes, I remember back in the year 2000, 18 years ago, man, in the year 2000, um, I wanted to uh, record some songs and put them on a CD to give as gifts to my family and friends, about a hundred of them. And I asked Ivan, hey, like, Ivan, could you record these songs with me? And because he had, you know, some equipment, I was like, and, is that okay? And he set up a whole recording studio in his house, and he, you know, painstakingly helped me record every single song, take after take. He recorded, and, you know, late into the night, he'll be editing these songs all for me. And, uh, and then not only that, but he, he actually burned every single one of those 100 CDs for me while I was sleeping uh, and gave it to me as a stack and, to my, and all without asking for anything in return. And during that time, I just felt incredibly blessed to have such an amazing friend who showed such Christ-like, humble, like selfless love and to serve me that way. And, and he continues to do that to this day. Give Ivan a big, big hand here in this place right now. Really, really blessed by him too. And while we're at it, I'll talk about Alan. See, back in grade 12, I remember uh, we were at a grad house party. And it was kind of, we were celebrating graduation. There was a bunch of grade 12s there. And I remember, you know, at that time, we were kind of passing the mic around. Do you have anything to say as you're graduating? I remember I, I grabbed the mic, and I said some stuff that I really regretted. I said some stuff that I probably should not have said. And I knew it as I was saying it, and I knew it after I said it. And as, every, as, as everyone went upstairs and continued on with the party, I just sat by myself in that, uh, in, in that room, and the only one who was with me there uh, on that day was Alan. 
and he, and he sat beside me, and he didn't say anything. He just kind of put his hand on my arm, and he said, are you all right? Can I pray for you? And he just sat there with me in silence for I don't know how long as I sulked and beat myself up. And I'll never forget just how on that day he showed me this loyal, strong, gentle love that he continues to show me uh, every single day. So give Alan a big, big hand as well. Um, you know, when, when I think about experiencing God, I think about those instances. But even more than that, when I think about experiencing God, when we're the four of us are together, uh, for us, it's something special, where we get to ask each other how we're doing, we, can, we get to pray together and all that stuff. We can be, you know, we, we don't have to be anywhere fancy. We could be in a restaurant, we could also be in someone's car, just in a parking lot, Lansdowne parking lot, just sit there and just say, how are things going? How can we pray for you? And for me, I think when we would pray together, the way that we experienced God wasn't that we'd have these huge visions and heaven would come down, but it was just this, this, this the presence of one another each other's friendship, having each other beside each other, supporting one another, encouraging one another, believing in one another. Um, and it was just one of those things where it was just like what First John 4.12 says, is that if you will love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. And, you know, when I think about these four elements to a great godly friendship where you experience God together, praying together often, being intentional about meeting together, you know, listening to one another, asking each other how are you, how are you doing, and pointing each other to Jesus and encouraging another, guess what? That happens in a thing here at Thrive that happens almost every day. It's called small groups. Everyone say small groups. Small groups is where you pray together often. It's where you ask each other deeply, how are you doing? How is life? How can we pray for you? And you listen to another. Small groups is where you meet each other intentionally, not just, oh, I'll see you when I see you, but you're just committed to it. You protect that time and say, I'll see you next week. I'll see you next Friday. I'll see you next Wednesday night. I'll see you next Sunday afternoon. And you protect that time. You're intentional about it. And small groups is where we point each other to Jesus and we encourage one another. If you believe that, say amen. And the reason I mention that is that it's because if you're not in a small group now here at Thrive, you need to get into a small group. It's one of the best ways you can connect with others and to grow great friendships where you experience God together. Tell your neighbor, come have him say, I need to be in a small group. Amen. Amen. That's really helpful, guys. That's fantastic. I'm learning a lot today. You know, let's move on to talk about how to keep a friendship strong. Because uh, we've gone through a lot of changes, all right? Not just hairstyle changes, though they've been a lot. Not just clothing changes, though they've been a lot. But bigger things, like, you know, we, uh, you know, got married. Not to one another, but to our, uh, you know, respective wives, our lo the loves were allowed. But, and we had children, again, not with one another, but with our wives. You know, and, and we've, we've gone through all sorts of different things, different changes. You know, some of us have gone away for, you know, as long as 10 years away in China. I was away for four years in Taiwan. I was away for another three years in Toronto. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Alan was away for a number of years in Edmonton. Chris was the only one who stayed put, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess my question for you guys is, over the past 25 years, through breakups, heartbreaks, different seasons of life, how do you think our friendship has stayed strong through so many different changes and seasons that we've gone through? What do you guys think? I think, like you mentioned before, that we were intentional in terms of meeting up together. Even if one of us was away, um, it, yeah, life gets busy, and um, you still have to make time for your friends. And um, yeah, you see some some of the pictures that we had of one another. Um, some of us were away for, for each other's weddings, which is fine. Um, uh, it's just we're there for one another. Yeah. And um, and we're always open to one another. And um, yeah, we're really transparent with one another. Um, yeah, every our our ups and downs we celebrate with one another. 
That's really good. That's really good. In fact, once you write this down, church, how do you keep a friendship strong through the years and through different seasons? Write this one down. Keeping a friendship strong through the years requires effort and intentionality. It doesn't just happen. You know, you might feel like you're hitting off with someone really well at the beginning, but after a few years, as you go through different seasons, unless you work at that relationship, as you, as, uh, unless you are intentional about it, that friendship will very slowly and gradually fade away. In fact, look at Ecclesiastes 10, 18 together. Do we have it on the screen? Ecclesiastes 10, 18? Yeah, do we have it? Okay, read it with me in loud voice. One, two, three, it says, If a man is lazy, the rafters sag. If his hands are idle, the house leaks. And the same goes for friendships. If we are lazy about our friendships, if we're not intentional about our friendships, then our, the house called our friendships can start to sag. They can start to leak. If you believe that, say amen. And if that's one thing I really appreciate about all three of these guys, is that we've been intentional through all the different seasons we've gone through, through times when we've been away, moved away, come back, all that stuff. But we've always been intentional about meeting together. We don't meet maybe as often as we like to, but we're still intentional about it, and it always means something when we're together. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts, guys, about you know, other ways that we've kept our friendship strong over 25 years? I think uh, we, when we get together... Um, like we we go very deep very quickly, mm. right? That's yeah. something we I think God's allowed us to cultivate. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the depth it just takes moments. Yeah. Um, it's just God's grace. Whenever mm. we do get yeah. together, prayer is such a huge part of what we do. We yeah. almost like we always will lay hands on each other, mm-hmm. um, and pray out of the things that we've shared, yeah. um, things that are great, the things that we're struggling with. Yeah. And I know for myself, I've been so um, blessed and so changed um and i've experienced victory just having been prayed uh, over and mm. supported by by my brothers Amen. so that's a huge huge part that component of prayer it's not just about yeah. catching up yeah. we do that yeah. um but there's a very like, again it's the centrality of christ in, in our lives and yeah. in our relationship together that's this right. is our yeah. uh, bond absolutely yeah i have any thoughts on that um, I, I think also that uh, in, all, in our journeys together we kind of have a similar direction that we're all all traveling at the same time, right? Yeah. And um, that we make that time to when to intersect together and, and just to catch up and to encourage one another. Yeah. But we're always on uh, like a journey together. It's it's not like oh, I've I've stopped and the, the three of you guys are going. It's yeah. it's like um, I'm I'm doing what I'm uh, God's called me to do, and yeah. you guys are doing the same. Yeah, that's really good. Church, why don't you write this down? Here's another part about keeping friendships strong through the years. Keeping a friendship strong through the years is also about having realistic expectations of one another. It's just kind of like like uh, Ivan was saying, is that we all are on these like like a journey with God, trying to do what God's called us to do, and sometimes that means we'll be busy. Sometimes that means that we'll not be as available as we'd like to be. We have kids. That keeps us busy. We've got other things that are going on that keep us very, very busy. And so it's often about being realistic about what we expect of one another and understanding toward one another. You know, I, I, you know I've seen a lot of friendships where they didn't last because of unrealistic expectations. Has that ever happened to you before? Is that where you had a, a, f- a friendship with someone where one person had unrealistic expectations of the other. They wanted to be together all the time. Oh, we want to spend 24-7 together. Why aren't you with me 24-7? And it's just unrealistic because life doesn't revolve around the friendship. Life revolves around Jesus. Amen? And, and, and here's a little tip, especially for young people here. I'd like you to write this tip down and keep this in mind when it comes to friendship is this. Don't allow any friendship to become bigger than your relationship with God. 
Let me say it again. Don't allow any friendship to become bigger than your relationship with God. How do you know if a friendship is becoming bigger than your relationship with God? Let me give you a few clues. One clue is this, that you know, when you start to go to that person before you go to God, then that's a clue that that friendship is now getting bigger than your relationship with God. When, when you start to become more concerned about that friendship than you are about your relationship with God, that's a sign that that friendship's become bigger than your relationship with God. When you sacrifice your obedience to God and you sacrifice doing what you know God wants you to do and doing what is right for the sake of that friendship, that's a sign that you've made that friendship bigger than God. And what happens when you make a friendship bigger than God? There are now unrealistic expectations that the other person can't fulfill. There are unrealistic expectations, which leads to disappointment. It leads to frustration. And just goes to, you know, if you want healthy Christian friendships with others where you experience God, you kind of have to be a healthy Christian yourself. Amen. Amen. And see, it's about saying, you know, we're not just going to depend on that person all the time as if that person is God. No, they're not. You know, these guys, one of the things I love about these guys is that, you know, we have never depended on one another to be spiritual. Kind of like, oh, Alan, make me love God. Make me spiritual. Pray for me. Oh, I'm so sad. Pray for me. Make me happy. Make me cry. Make me laugh. Make me love God again. No, you know, we all had our own individual walk with God. We all had some substance in our walk with God. And so we would support one another, but we weren't others, each other's foundation. Amen. Does that make sense? Is that Jesus was the foundation, and we were there to support one another because we know that we're not each other's foundation. Amen. Amen. And a lot of people make that mistake is that they, they take their relationship with God. Sometimes the relationship with God is the reason why they become friends with that person. And then all of a sudden they put the relationship with God aside and they're all just focused on that person. And when, what happens with, the, with the friendship? It falls apart. It's because you've turned your, it's because you've made this friendship bigger than your relationship with God. And that's when problems start, whether it's in a marriage it's in a home relationship, it's in a friendship, it's with best friends, it's with good friends, it's in any friendship. Why don't you write this down? Write this down, guys. The healthier your relationship with God is, the healthier your friendships with others will be. That's one of the awesome things about knowing Jesus, is that when you have a good, healthy relationship with Jesus, it spills over into the other areas of your life where you become a better friend. You become a more understanding person. You become more mature. You become healthier in the way you look at other people in your life, especially those that you are closest to. You don't have unrealistic expectations of them anymore. Instead, you can love them and respect them just as they are. If you believe that, say amen. 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 That's, 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 that's a really important one. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. You know, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I just wanted to, like you were speaking about the, the danger of the, the idolatry in relationships. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. I'm so grateful in, in our relationships. That's that's not been an issue. Never once, um, you know, a shadow of a doubt, like these gents have never asked me to sacrifice my obedience to God. You know, I have confessed when I have sacrificed my obedience to God and they've supported me through that. They've shown me grace and they've walked me through that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, an example of just, um, you know, a, a behavior where you're exhibiting you know, just a healthy way of relating. Yeah. Um, I remember we were having bubble tea with a bunch of friends, and um, maybe I'm just not, I'm really not aware of what my face kind of does, but I remember afterwards, Ivan taking me aside and very kindly, lovingly, gently, like asking me, Chris, hey, is everything okay? Um, you know, did I do something or say something that make you upset with me? Because I think, you know, somehow we've, we've broken fellowship or something, and there was... Nothing at all. Like, I could yeah. never be angry at Ivan. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. 
but that touched me so so deeply because he was being so forthright, so vulnerable, and he was modeling authenticity, yeah. um, vulnerability, right. and just that approach. And uh, you know, it made me love him even more. Yeah. And that taught me how to do the same for for anyone, like anyone in relationship yeah. with it, right? And yeah, um, really that kind of healthy behavior, like that's how he would relate to God, and that's how he relates w with us. Amen. Yeah. If I could add to like the modeling thing, and I think it works with a lot of um, healthy Christian friendships, is um, if I fell into the camp where I, in the past, used to kind of want to idolatrize uh, uh, like a, a friendship, um, these gentlemen taught me and showed me what it was like to go and 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 focus first on God before our relationship. So perhaps in my in, in my past, when I first became a Christian, I thought, oh. I'm looking for this friendship. I'm looking for answers, right? So I'd call Chris, and I'd be like, Chris, I don't know what to do with this problem, right? Like, can you help me? And he'd be like, hmm, good question, Ivan. What's God say? And I'm like, that's not what I want, right? Like, I, I, want, I want an answer from you, right? But then he'd say, oh, Ivan, you know, what does God say? Hmm, let, let me pray for you about this. And so slowly after an experience like that, then, then I'd realize, oh, actually for myself, I need to learn to first go to God. And then... Man. If I have any other That's questions right. or advice, then I can. I need to ask them. It's really and, good. And, yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Can we give God a big hand for that too? That's really, really cool. You guys learning something today? It's helpful today? Number three is that if you want to keep a friendship strong through the years, here's one more thing. It's about respecting one another and bearing with one another in love. You see, there are going to be times, even the strongest friendship, where you will sometimes annoy one another. You sometimes, you know, be less present uh, in a person's life or harder to reach or not as responsive. And it's about learning to just be understanding and to bear with one another in love. If you believe that, say amen. Ephesians 4, 2, in fact, says it this way. Read it with me, loud voice, church. What does it say? It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Look at Colossians 3, 13. What does that say? It says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Praise God. When you learn to bear with one another in love, and, and over the past course of 25 years, you know, there's some bearing in love that we've had to do. You know, be people being away longer than we'd like, maybe, you know, different seasons where we're not as available to one another, and, and this is one of those things where we just learn to bear with each other in love. And you're going to find this, is that when you, when God is the foundation of that friendship, the bond never really breaks. The bond is always there, and, and I find that with the four of us, is that we can be, uh, we, we, we might not have seen each other in months, and we get together, and it's like it's like it's just it's just we it's like back to like when we we're in high school again. It's just one of those things where when God is the foundation of the friendship, then the the friendship is always there. Whereas when you're found, the foundation of your friendship is you know Korean dramas, or the, the 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 foundation of your friendship is you know like a sport or past memories, then you know, the the foundation isn't going to be very strong, and the relationship is going to last very long. But when you're someone who has God as the foundation, you always have a bond, and it never changes. Because God never changes. If you believe that, say amen. Has this been helpful for you guys this morning? Yeah? We're going to look at one final question. You guys have been awesome, by the way. Uh, you know, this last question for today is this. Is what advice would you give to those who want to have great godly friendships with others, who want to experience God with others, but they just don't really know how to find that or what to do with that? What would you say to them? I think JB mentioned it earlier. Um, I shared it with the last service. I... Um, one tip I would say is join a life group or join a, a small group. Yeah. That's where you can yeah. share your life with uh, one another. Yeah. Um, um, 
your ups and downs, and and there is a support group who can be there for you and pray for you, yeah, really and good. you can open up yourselves and be transparent. Yeah. That's when you connect in a different level. Yeah. Is when you open up yourself, and there's no masks. Yeah. You mentioned that in the last service. There's there's no masks. Your your masks are off, and you share your life, and you're being real with one another, yeah, right. and other people can share with you, yeah. and yeah, share their lives with you, and um and encourage you and um and edify you. And also serve in church. Yeah, and a really good way um, to find great friendships is serve uh, serve serve at church. Amen. You have um, yeah. like-minded people serving God. Uh, God has being the center of your relationship, and you're just serving one um, one alongside one another. And right. friendships develop after time. Yeah, uh, doesn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. Can take for time. sure. For sure. In fact, that that segues so nicely to these next two points I want you to write down, church, is this. When it comes to finding great friends that you can experience God with, this is so important. Do not go obsessively searching for people to be your great friends. Instead, seek God's kingdom first, seek him first, and trust that he will add everything you need, including your friends. Amen. Amen. See, a lot of people, they, they, make this, they, they, they make the mistake of like making their life goal, oh, I got to find soulmates. I got to find friends. You know, they'll bounce from environment to our environment, like group to group, you know, church to church, place to place, trying to find those soulmates. And when they don't, they're so frustrated because it's their number one obsession. Can I tell you this? These guys on the stage with me right now, my closest friends, they, we didn't look for each other, did we? It's, it's in many ways, we found each other by accident. God had a plan, but we didn't go, oh, I got to find such great friends. I need such great friends. Oh, Alan, could you be my really great friend? No, none of that happened at all. It was more, I was just focused on my relationship with God and serving God, going to church, going to small group. Alan was doing the same. Chris was doing the same. I was doing the same. And somehow God was the one who brought it all together and gave us friendships that were all beyond all that we could ask for or imagine. If you believe that, say amen. And in fact, Matthew 6.33 is one of our favorite verses here at Thrive. We say it often. You've probably memorized it by now, but why don't you read it with me right now? Matthew 6.33, what does it say? It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. If you will put God first and make your relationship with God your number one priority and grow in your relationship with God, he will add everything that you need, including the friends that you need. Amen. They may not happen the way you want. They may not happen in the time that you want. And they may not be the people that you expect they would be. But then at the end of the day, when you seek God's kingdom first, he promised to add everything you need, including the friends you need. And that certainly happens when we do so. And in fact, that leads to another, another point that Alan raised, which is this, is that great godly friendships take time. Tell your neighbor, it takes time. It takes time. A lot of people, they, they want to you know, have everything instantly. I want a best friend now. I want you know, you know, a soulmate now. I want, I want a wife or, or, or a husband now. And, and here's the thing is that you know, for us, for each one of us, we didn't hit it off right away. You know, we, I think we were friends, but we weren't super close friends for about two years after knowing each other. Right? And then in Chris's case with me, with me about two years, Ivan and I about a year and a half or so, and it didn't happen right away. But at, in God's time, it happened, and it was something where you couldn't manufacture. And you're going to find this, is that God works more with crockpots than microwaves. Amen. God tends to like to stew things and build things up as opposed to microwave things. Uh, and that's why Ecclesiastes 3.11 says it this way. Read it in a loud voice. One, two, three, it says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Praise God. 
Praise God. Any other thoughts, guys? Advice that you guys would give to people who are looking for friendships where they can experience God together? Um, I think you touched upon it in, in the verse today, which was out the, the highlighted word, which was complete. And I think complete really helps uh, summarize like how, the friendship that you guys mean to me. And I, part of it is, is you know, in, in terms of shaping um, a healthy Christian mindset and, and forming, like, how I should approach problems or even look at things from God's perspective, um, that dialogue and the discussion and the friendship that we have, the way that we pray together, all that kind of helps shape and mold um, far beyond just not having a small group or, or like a community like that to do yeah. so. So mm -hmm. I think I mean, that speaks to the, the importance of friendships to the game. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Really good thoughts. Well, we're going to end today with one final thought, which is this, is that great godly, or great godly friends are a gift from God, and so cherish them. Um, you know, great godly friendships are not just something that we manufacture. Yes, we work at it once we get it, but it's ultimately a gift from God. Everyone say a gift from God. And because they're a gift from God, we want to cherish those friendships and never take them for granted. Um, I'll tell you guys a story. I don't know if I've ever told this to you guys before, and this is maybe a chance for me to be able to like, transparent with you guys too. When I moved to Toronto um, for school, uh, and, you know, we were as close as we are already. And, and I remember you know, back in that time, I for some reason went to Toronto, and I, I, I had a prayer in my heart, which is like I was reading through the book of Daniel, and you know, he had, had Daniel, and had, had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, they're all going to school together in this new place. And... I had this naivety and this arrogance to compare myself to Daniel, and I thought to myself, oh, God, when I go to Toronto, I pray that I would have, you know, a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Toronto. And I, I went there, and I remember there was this one time when I, I was at a guy's living room, and there's these three guys, one's playing piano, two are playing guitars, and I'm like, oh, is this an answer prayer? And that was the last time I saw all three of them, all right? <laughs> I didn't see them again. And, and, you know, it was one of those things where um, during my time in Toronto being away, from you guys as much as I was, I realized that great godly friends are truly irreplaceable. Truly irreplaceable. That, that you can't take their place. They are gifts from God that you need to cherish. And in fact, this past week, we've been doing a lot of reflecting on these questions. And, and I remember, um, you know, that uh, I was in the office, the church office. I was, I was getting ready for, um, you know, this message. And this is a few days ago where I started thinking of all the ways that each one of you guys has made an impact on my life. And uh, I, I had to close the door. There were other staff in the building. I had to close the door and just start to cry. And it was, it was not the first time this past week I was thinking about you guys and just how thankful I am that God somehow brought us all four together. And not just for a moment, but for over 25 years. And, uh, you know, just as like in Matthew chapter 2 where God uses a star to lead the magi to Jesus, I want to thank you guys for being stars that God's placed in my life to lead me to Jesus. And I'm super, super thankful for them. Are you guys thankful for these three guys right now? Can you give them a big, big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Praise God. Well, we wanted to end this time today um, with something special, which is that, you know, uh, as Alan mentioned, that music has always been, uh, you know, a component of our friendship. It's never been the major thing, but it's been a thing, you know? And we thought, it's not that we think we're really good, we just enjoy music, um, but we thought, how we would end our time today talking about friendship by sharing a song with you guys. You guys want to hear a song? Is that cool? Huh? I'm going to ask Ivan to grab his guitar. And uh, this is a song that we used to sing a lot together back in the late 90s. Um, and uh, man, late 90s, crazy. But it's still one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, and it's a song 
uh, that uh, I think connects with all four of us in different ways. Uh, this song is called Eagle's Wings, and uh, it's about, more than anything else, our greatest friend. His name is Jesus. We've got a big hand here in this place together right now. Can we do that? got a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Can we all stand to our feet? We're just going to respond to God right now by singing the same song that we've just sung. 
just say to God, you're the one that we need. You're our greatest friend. Come live in me, come breathe in me. And so if that's your heart today, why don't you lift your hands, let's sing this song together as our response to the word of God this morning. He loves you, he's with you, he's here right now. And so let's sing this song together and make that our prayer this morning. Sing, here I am waiting. Sing it together, church. Here I am waiting, abide in me, I pray. Here I am longing for you, hide me in your love, hide me in your your hands and sing it together and come live in me all my life take over and come breathe in me and I will I just want to lead you into a time where you can respond to God. Today, we've been learning about friendships and how God made you to experience Him with others. That you weren't made to live this life or go on this journey alone, but you were made to have friends with whom you experience God together. And if you are here today, the fact is this, you are probably here worshiping God right now because someone else, a friend, did something in your life. Maybe they invited you to church. Maybe they preached a message. Maybe they prayed a prayer with you. Maybe they cared for you in another way. And that's why you're here today. And I don't know about you, but even as we've been going through this, this, uh, this session today, just being extremely touched and thankful for the friends that God has placed in my life and just feeling like I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And maybe you're in that place too where you realize just how lucky you are that God has placed the people in your life that he has and you don't want to take them for granted ever again. If that's you in this place, why don't you just lift your hand to God right now and just start talking to God today and give thanks to God for the friends He's placed in your life who've helped you to experience God. You know, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a grandparent, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's your, even your child, maybe it's someone at church that prayed with you or you know, sent a message to you or cared for you at just the right time. Can you just lift your hands to God and just in your own words, don't worry about your, your neighbor on your right and your left, don't worry about what they're doing, but I want you to just talk to God right now in your own words and just say thank you God for that person. Thank you God for that friend. Thank you God for using them in my life so that I could be here right now and know you better. Can you just do that right now church? Start talking to God right now and thank God for the friends who help you to know God. Thank God for the friends who help you to experience him. Come on church, just start talking to God in your own turn right now. Let's give him some thanks today. Thank you Jesus. Thank you God. 
so much. Thank you so much, oh God. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, God. I'm so blessed, oh God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, God. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, God. One more way we're going to pray right now. It's for those of you who are hearing this message today and you realize that you haven't been the kind of friend that God made you to be or that you need to be a better friend than the kind of friend you've been and you want to go out of your way to be a better friend to friends who don't know Jesus, to friends maybe you grew up with who have lost touch with you, that you want to be a better friend, a friend who helps them experience Jesus. If that's you today, then why don't you raise your hand to God, to, in he to heaven right now, and just say, God, uh, I want to be a friend who helps others to know you. I want to be a friend who helps others to experience you. If that's you in this place, on the count of three, I'm going to uh, just ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Why don't you raise your hand in this place right now? Just start talking to God. And in fact, why don't you just repeat this prayer after me right now. And say, Heavenly Father, just as you have used amazing friends in my life to lead me to you, to help me experience you, I pray that I would be that kind of friend. That I would be a friend who helps others to experience you. I'll be an encouraging friend. I'll be a faithful friend. I'll be a forgiving friend. I'll be a persevering friend. I'll be a friend who leads others to Jesus. A friend who points others to you because you are the greatest friend. Thank you and let me be that kind of friend. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We've got a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. One last group we're gonna pray for. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. We're gonna pray for those of you who've never received Jesus Christ into your life. Experiencing God begins right here when you open your heart to Jesus Christ. He is the greatest friend and no one else could ever come close. And if you've never received Jesus Christ into your life, I believe that's the number one reason why he brought you here to church this morning. It's so that you could start the most awesome friendship with the most amazing savior. His name is Jesus. If you wanna receive Jesus Christ into your life, it is as simple as praying a prayer. It's not about what you do or you earning your way to God. It's simply receiving the gift of his love and the gift of his forgiveness that came on the cross where he died for you and for me. If you wanna receive Jesus into your life, why don't you pray this prayer with me right now and let's pray together if you prayed this prayer already before you can pray this again with those who are praying for the first time let's pray this together right now say Lord Jesus I need you thank you that when I never thought about you you kept thinking about me and when I couldn't reach for you you reached for me how you died on the cross to pay for my sins how you rose from the grave to give me life and so I welcome you today to be my best friend, to forgive me of my sins, to help me have a relationship with God, not one that I earn, but one that I receive by the amazing grace that is in Jesus Christ. And so I receive you, Jesus, as my savior. I say, please forgive me of my sins and make me a brand new person. Thank you for being my best friend. In Jesus' name I pray, 
Amen. Give our best friend a big hand, a big shout this place right now. Can we do that together? Praise God. If you're going to give God a big shout, give him a big shout. Come on. Give God some praise in this place. I'm going to give you 18 seconds to give God the biggest praise you've given him all week. Come on. Give God a big shout this place and give him some praise. Jesus. Jesus.